Meseches Kilaim, Perik Beis, Mishnah Gimel, 2-3. Mishnah talks about a case where one's field was had been seeded with wheat kernels, but then he changes his mind. He wants it to be a barley field instead. The problem is, now that the wheat seeds have been scattered, it's essentially impossible to get them back. Um, so what can he do to not have the field grow with wheat and barley together? He should wait for the field until the individual uh, wheat kernels um, are masliya. Masli is from the word like wormy to lot. So either it means um, become like little worms, that is to say that the little root, as the thing germinates, comes out the bottom of the wheat kernel, and that little root is like a little tiny worm, or the meaning that the, the endosperm, the outside of the, the husk of the wheat kernel, um, rots as the process of, of taking root occurs and makes it vulnerable. Either, and that's going worming, mostly got to go, to go rotting. Whatever the case, the point is that once the wheat kernels have begun to germinate and, and rot or open up, so they're now vulnerable. And at that point of Yofach, you can till the soil. And by turning over the soil again, um, essentially you will destroy uh, the wheat so that it won't actually ever grow to become a wheat grass, wheat, and therefore you haven't got a problem of wheat growing in your field. And at that point, and at that point, it's safe to plant barley in the field because ultimately only the barley will grow and the wheat won't make it. Of course, whatever wheat does crop up later on in the field will have to be ripped out. Bartonora speaks out that if the ground is moist, it'll take about three days until the wheat begins to be maslia and is now vulnerable. If it be hard, dry land, then it would take uh, longer. In any case, after three days, it's vulnerable, and that continues for a while. The mission continues on. Um, once it's grown above the ground, like you have little green wheatgrass above the ground. So now you have the additional problem of an onlooker can see that it's becoming a barley field, and yet be careful, it look like you're planting kilaim intentionally, and therefore, lo yomar, you can't say, Ezra va'acha kach ofach. You know what? I'll plant my barley seeds now, and then I will immediately till the soil because the wheatgrass is now even more vulnerable. It's now, now it's tomech, it's, it's, it's sprouted above the ground, and certainly by tilling the field, you'll destroy the wheat that's now sprouted, um, but you won't do anything negative to the barley. In fact, you'll probably help the barley get deeper in and take and uh, get better planted in the ground. But you can't do that because it looks like you're planting lime and you're actually planting barley into what's now a wheat a wheat uh, grass area. Rather, first you have to till the field, uprooting that sprouting wheatgrass, and then you can plant um, the barley seeds. Now, when you start tilling the soil to uproot and kill that wheat that's growing there, it's not as easy as it sounds. You know, the plow that goes through the field at the time of the Mishnah is sort of a glorified, you know, knife sticking in the ground, if you will. Um, so to get rid of all the wheat is kind of analogous to, you know, coloring in a picture using a pen. You know, it's very hard to get every last little bit of white colored in because the pen is thin. So the same kind of problem is going to happen here that you start tilling the soil um, but to get every last bit of wheat is, you know, essentially impossible. So the question then becomes, just how thorough of a job do you need to do when you plow the field to kill the wheat that's growing there? And that's what the Mishnah says. The Kamiye Choresh, just how much or how densely do you have to plow the field? The answer is Kesalme Haravia. The same density you plow 
when you apply your field to catch the rain. Now, a telem will translate as a furrow. That is to say, you know, if you imagine taking the good old knife plowing across the ground, it'll kind of dig a, a ditch, a little furrow in the ground. And then on either side of the furrow where the displaced sand is, there'll be two little mounds. So it is a bit of a machlokas, what a telem refers to, if it's the mound above or the furrow below. But in any case, let's talk about that as a, assume it's the furrow below. So the furrows you plow in your field in order to um, catch the rain and stop rain runoff. Now, how dense is that? So according to Bartonor, it's dense enough that the displaced sand on either side of, you know, parallel furrows will touch one to the other. So fairly close together. But of course, um, since you're not really plowing the the ground beneath the little ridge between the two furrows, that part perhaps will grow with wheat still. In any case, that's the sufficient density. And uh, Abishol, however, argues, according to most Pshatim, he is being machmir, and he says, no, that's not enough. Rather, Abishol says you have to plow kadeshlo yishayer rova levesa, but not even one rova for every besa. Again, remember, that would mean 124th, um, like in the previous Mishnahis. So 124th of the field can't remain unplowed. In other words, what he says is that for every, you know, 24 stalks um, that are growing throughout the field, at least 23 of them better be barley. And only one of 24 can be wheat. So almost all learn that is a chumrah. Um, there are those who learn it's the kula, actually. But whatever the case, the halacha is likely tanakama, that talmi revia is sufficient density in terms of plowing your field to uproot what was growing there before to plant a new type of grain.